Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, the now forever CK Joe Rodermill. How you doing? And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, we don't have. Any pay-per-view to talk about? I don't believe. Who knows? There's network specials seemingly all the time now again. Um, We have SmackDown 1000. Uh, Before that, just a quick reminder, please. Yeah. (laughs) Please subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and review. Help us find or help more listeners find us. It's a huge help to the show. Uh, Thank you to the, the couple people that have left reviews in the last couple weeks. Kevin Fenty of Barbados, and who was the other one, Halo? Jay from Jay, Jay, aka WWF Ultimate Classics on Instagram. Okay, thank you both for leaving a review on iTunes. So SmackDown 1000, I'm just going to start with that, and we're just going to talk about that for now. We'll get to Raw later. <laughs> um, SmackDown 1000, my first statement, my first note is the opening montage was better than Raw. <laughs> Does anyone disagree? Was it just because of Truth TV or everything? No, I just mean like no, this. Some the of little, the whole. The little package coming in, showing all the highlights for oh, SmackDown. Oh, dude, yeah. Pack. I love seeing the old old SmackDown. Of course. <laughs> so, Halo, you're on board with that, too? Yes. All right. Um, well, we kicked it off with Truth TV. Very pleasant surprise for SmackDown 1000. They didn't get to do too much. They had a quick dance break, and then the McMahon family took over. Um, true McMahon fashion. True McMahon. <laughs> Can't be any big events without them kind of taking it over. But I, I do find it. I did find it funny that Truth believed it was Truth TV's thousandth episode, <laughs> and Carmella had to explain, "No, we've only done one, and we got canceled." <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love that uh, the crowd chanted for another dance break. <laughs> uh, the McMahon family paraded down one after another. Did anybody else feel, okay, so Vince made a point, like these people don't want to hear Shane and Stephanie bicker and fight. They want to be entertained. <laughs> Too bad that was a work and not a shoot. <laughs> Vince does not care for entertainment or not, clearly. Do do you guys think that that was like an intentional like rib on their product, or do you think they just legitimately thought that was like something he should say? I think Vince wanted to do Both. whatever he could to get <laughs> in and out of there quickly, so he came out, got introduced, and said, "Let dance off." Yeah, and essentially, as, as much as like I'm annoyed with Vince, the head of WWE, I have to say Vince, the entertainer, still entertains me. <laughs> yes, does. yes. He had the crowd popping. Like that that he couldn't wait to get down there and dance. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And I could see why it would rub people the wrong way because it was just them showcasing themselves, but I, I found it funny. Well, it was good to see Truth TV back. You weren't sure if we were going to get that back again. I like 
Again, Carmelo with a new hairstyle, looking nice. Mm-hmm. Truth and in Age there. does listen to the fans. Yeah. And she gave she gave us what we wanted. Truth TV, uh, making a reappearance in um, true, true Truth fashion. <laughs> he played the crowd. He did. Pretty damn well. Well, at one point he was like, I, I can't do another dance break. I got a show to do. He's <laughs> like, oh, they don't need an introduction. Dance break. <laughs> well, well, I this like the no introduction. Well, I like the fact that Truth TV actually kicked off SmackDown 1000 because, like, that's a big deal, you know? And, and the fact that Vince actually put himself out there with SmackDown 1000, I thought it was great. And when he walked down to the ring, I was praying he called for a dance break. I was only hoping that he really did that. And he really did do it. And I loved every second of it. And, and I'm still waiting for the animal segment, by the way. Is it odd that he got the Vince, <laughs> Vince got the biggest pop? <sighs> No, because like, as bad as Raw and SmackDown and the whole, and product as a whole can be, when Vince comes out, he'll always get cheered because of the whole "they'll just be happy to see you" thing. Yeah, it's he's just he's Vince McMahon, and people as much as everyone complains about him, it's he's still fun to watch. He's still Vince. Um, I did like that they made the hearing aid joke because Vince does not like to be made to feel old. <laughs> and I like that they leaned into him being the old. old. Yeah, um, yeah. I love this segment. I, Alo, I do agree. I thought it was it was important that the McMahons came down and took part in Truth TV. To me, I guess that they, they must really like him. Hopefully, they allow him to keep being entertaining. Let Truth continue to be the E in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I enjoyed it, and I was I'm happy for Truth that he got like a prominent segment on such a big show lead up, yeah leading off the show like you said and it's a great place to be like Ayla was saying yeah big. Um, it's a big deal yeah and Cutting Edge with Becky and Charlotte uh, Joey what did you think of this I thought it was awesome to see Edge again and a kind of kind of a real promo he cut with Becky and then it's just again an attempt probably a futile attempt at this point to build uh, Becky as a heel character um, fans are just behind her yeah, like, Alo, do you think that was a, like, a real attempt on their part? Like, if she makes fun of Edge, Edge's neck injury, now they'll finally boo her. Do you think that was their intention, or not really? Uh, it's hard to say because we live in a world now where where heels get cheered, you know, and uh, savage moments they get cheered as well. But like to me, SmackDown went. I don't mean to go too much off top of it, but mm-hmm. SmackDown 1000 as a whole, it didn't feel anything, like anything special to me, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get down, we'll get to that as we break it down more. But this is probably the, I, this is my favorite segment of the night because Edge, of all people, Edge is telling <laughs> Becky that you're wrong, and when he's really known as the the quote unquote ultimate opportunist. Right. Oh, before I, before I forget. I don't know if you guys peeped this, but I died laughing during Edge's entrance when he stopped and stopped and did his pose, and there was no fireworks. <laughs> like he, like he, like he, like he forgot that they don't do fireworks like, anymore. Oh, oh yeah, they don't do those. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't do this anymore. But yeah, like Edge of all people saying Becky was wrong. I didn't. I, I was like him of all people. Well, that was but a, then the he whole, made that point. He said, "Well, you know, I've been there, and it leads to nothing." Yeah, it's, and, it's like and, the way I talk to like. People 10, 15 years younger than me. Like, hey guys, I know my, my life has amounted to nothing because of all of my bad decisions. So I will tell you everything. 
I'll tell you basically to do everything I didn't do or to not do the things I did. It's like I talked to future Mr. Sexy contenders. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I let All him know time. what is required to be a sexy man. In this, you see, this you, have, uncle, but, um, you have achieved the, the greatness of Mr. Sexy. So, like, you're <laughs> telling people to follow in your footsteps. Yeah, I Andrew's know. like that. Came off like that 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 play uncle that you that you, that's that's around the block. Don't do what I did, but um, but I thought Becky did a great job holding her own, and she even showed it. She's like, yeah, I don't I don't like myself. I love myself, you know. I really did enjoy it, and the whole the whole moment of hey, don't hurt your neck going out the ropes. Like that was like a savage moment, and I don't think they are they're not, they're not going to get Charlotte cheered through this entire thing because the crowd just loves Becky way too much. If this if this if Becky was facing somebody else, maybe Becky can get booed. But at this point, I think the crowd just wants Becky so much because she's been so great and been and been the best thing on SmackDown. But Becky by herself has been fantastic. But this whole Charlotte face thing, trying to get her baby face attention, it's not working. Over with Becky. Who would right now be someone you put up against Becky that would get cheered over Becky? I don't think anybody will because the division is in flux because – they don't know what they're doing because now women, the women, women's are in tag teams for the most part. Uh, they don't want to push Oscar because of her lack of English speaking or whatever that whatever that rumor was. Is like who else do you who else do you have? You don't they don't really have anybody because they they also they all they paired them all up for the most part and that's the only thing they've really been doing for the last few months of Charlotte and Becky. Can you get good matches out of it and good programs? Yeah, but at the same time. I don't know what you're trying to achieve with Charlotte and Becky when, as far as crowd reaction. <clears throat> the only the only way someone would get cheered against Becky, and I hope this doesn't come across as like tasteless and like mean because I'm not saying it in a joking way. It's just like this is the only way it could happen. Is like if China rose from the dead and showed up against Becky. That's the only <laughs> way that someone would get cheered against Becky. I can't even like I don't think Trish would get cheered against Becky. I don't think Lita would get cheered against Becky. Definitely no one current. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, my only argument there would be maybe Ronda, but that that's a good point. Ronda might. Um, but yeah, I I really did enjoy Edge. Kind of like I said, because I could relate to it. Like, oh yeah, I do this all the time. Don't tell people don't do the stuff I did, or like, hey, everything I didn't do, that's the stuff you should be doing. Um, and yeah, like her. I really liked her facial expressions throughout the whole thing. Like, it looked like she was really thinking about it and really like, oh, maybe he's right. So her response was perfect. I thought her timing was perfect when she delivered the first response, which was, yeah, I don't like myself. I love myself. (laughs) She had perfect timing with that. And then the way she timed the don't hurt your neck again, going out of the ropes. Again, perfectly timed. Savage cut. The way she just, like, slowly raised the title, I thought she looked she looked great. Charlotte came down, led to another brawl, which I think is perfect, leading up to a last woman standing match. They should make this as violent of a feud as they can. Do you like, Joseph, seeing the women have a more violent feud than we're used to seeing definitely like i said it's it's um another line in, in the many first we've got in the women's division um a nice bloody feud um i don't think they're gonna take it too extreme but it's a kind of um a good way to end it considering the way the matches have built so far yeah and alo other than charlotte and sasha has anyone else had as physical or as violent of a feud in the women's division on the main rosters? 
no. Do you the, think the, the most physical other the most physical match other than than Sasha and Charlotte and Becky and Charlotte has was Alexa and Sasha at Great Balls of Fire. That was the most physical match and feud that you would probably get because of that true hatred between the two. Yeah, and do you think there's any chance that Becky versus Charlotte ends up living up to the Charlotte Sasha? Uh, was that a false count anywhere? That wasn't last woman standing. Do you it think it lives up to anywhere. that? Uh, it's kind of rough because, we, like we always said, there's too much wrestling, so we're kind of spoiled to an extent. And in reality, this isn't the first last woman standing match in WWE because Asuka and Nikki Cross had one in NXT. So like, I know in that match, I believe Ladders got involved and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this, so it's like you kind of got to raise – well, no, well, remember, nobody watches NXT. Right. But <laughs> – but you kind of gotta at least have up to that standard and kind of like go go all around the arena for first. I think they'll do some uh, pretty interesting things to keep to keep the fans engaged. Um, again, I, th- I think it'll be entertaining. Agreed. Um, and how great does Edge still look? Yeah, he looks super, great. He looks super. Like he looks like he could get back out on the road tomorrow. I thought he was gonna make a Daniel Bryan type of nails. <laughs> Yeah, like he, he doesn't look like he's out of wrestling at yeah, all. Yeah, he, he, he looks really good. Uh, which good for him. You know, he – I like, the, the neck injury almost may have been a blessing in disguise because, like, he gets to just, like, live a life now mm-hmm. as opposed to working for another 10 years or 12 years or however long these guys work. Um, it varies. Yeah. Could be like yeah. Rey Mysterio who started in 89. Yeah, like – like, The Undertaker didn't really start that much longer <laughs> before Edge than people think. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still going. Um, so, the Evolution reunion. <laughs> like, it was, it was fine. Um, they didn't all come out in suits like I, I know we were hoping they would. They were uh, still dressed up a little. They were snazzy. Yeah, Rick... Didn't get to talk too much. They gave most of the time to Dave Batista. Batista it was surprising. I think he. I think he rambled a little bit. Too Marvel's much. own Dave Batista. <laughs> I wish he came out in green. <laughs> Do you think there's any chance that he, like, do you believe that he just went out and talked? Well, like, do you think the, there was stuff he said that they didn't necessarily want him to say? Well, leading up to this, there was reports going around that this segment was to set up Batista versus Hunter at WrestleMania this year. So the fact that Batista had that one-liner in there saying, you did everything in the world except for beat me, which is true. Triple H has never beaten Batista, and Laugh will appreciate this. (laughs) His his ego won't won't allow him to go. Without winless against Batista, yes. So, so Batista <laughs> is like the warrior to Hogan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, no flash paper, though. Please, no, no flash paper. Uh, but, uh, I think it's as we'll epic see, as that, but yeah. <laughs> do you think we'll see Batista's face on the other side of a mirror when <laughs> Triple H is looking at it, or no? <laughs> that, no, no, but that was fla- uh, fla- that was. They flash should do that. Paper, right? It was flash paper in the match, yeah. And they okay, that's what, the I, 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 that's what I thought. Yeah, so no, no flash paper if that does happen. But yeah, that that was the report leading up to this segment, and it seems to be true because even Triple H's reaction was like, "Huh, you're right." 
It was more of anger, but yeah, I mean, I guess you could say, huh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I it mean, definitely seems like that. They were, that's, that's exactly what they're kind of pushing towards. It, it, I mean, there's no other way around it. Um, do I think some of some of it was a shoot from Batista's end? Yeah, I think some of it. He took some ad lib um, moments because he rambled a little bit. But I, I think they planned on having Batista kind of hold down the mic at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no way they're not having a match like that's happening. And you, you, Alo agree. There's no way Triple H is going to be zero and two. <laughs> I feel no, like, he's tri- like Triple H is in the stage of his career where he's trying to get. Get back everything he did never had. Like he's oh, playing, I got, he's playing got to get a win. He eats, sleeps, and breathes this business. Well, so Triple he deserves H- a win over the Undertaker and a win over Batista. Well, Triple. Well, he's on the verge of getting swept because he's zero three against Batista. Oh, he's zero three. Yeah, but yeah, he can't be winless. No, so he's got to get one. Do you feel like yes. Triple H sat behind like a desk with a pad before and said, "What haven't I done?" <laughs> Let's get it all out of the way before I can't wrestle anymore. Like I'm gonna do DX. I'm gonna do Evolution. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get all these victories real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do believe that that is playing a big part, and also like obviously WWE. They are a huge horror for anyone that's got attention outside of them, and obviously Batista is part of the Marvel universe. Now it's also possible that like The Rock can't come back or he hasn't come back. Dave is kind of on the outs with the Marvel Universe because he had a big falling out with, forget who it is, is it Brian Singer? The, I guess James Gunn. Okay. James Gunn. James Gunn, that's right. Um, uh, are either of you, like, looking forward to this at all? No. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did like Evolution out there. Um, it might be entertaining just to kind of play it out, but I, I don't know how good the match would be. The, the match won't be good at all. It, it, yeah. it, really, it really won't. A, a 49-year-old Triple H. I don't think Batista and, could wrestle when he was in his prime. And <laughs> he's like, what, 10, 15 years older now? Yeah, I think I, I think Batista's knocking on 50 as well. So I, I wouldn't be looking forward to this. It's just for the picture of it. That's all it's for. I don't think Batista was supposed to be out there talking about Ric Flair's Johnson. but I mean, he, And that's he, what he, I was getting he at did, when I he said, did pull do you that think he went out. off script? That point, yeah, they gave him a lot of time to talk. Well, I think that whole segment was predicated for him, so yeah. I, I think that's how it was, it was supposed to go. I do think, like the fact that he acknowledged the whole Blutista Blutista thing. Now, I could be wrong, and and I, I didn't get a chance to like rewatch it. I think he came out and he said he had three reasons, and then he gave up four reasons why he's back. Oh yeah, well it one was, of them was it the was fans. three or four. I think yeah, he said he only four. had three, and then he gave four. Okay. I, I, th- I thought he said he had four reasons, but he might, right. he might be wrong. Yeah, well, like I said, I could be wrong. <laughs> Although I will say, I definitely have more respect for Dave now than I ever did because he is entertaining uh, as Drax the Destroyer, so I'm not going <laughs> to give him too much heat for coming back. You were picking Drax? Hey, he's good. Like, I think he's really funny in that role. There's a couple uh, memes floating around of that segment. It says, it has Bautista on there. It says, look, Drax stole Star-Lord's jacket. <laughs> Basically, <yeah. laughs> That's good. I didn't see that. Um, we had Vicky Guerrero and Teddy Long show up. And Alo, to a point you made earlier about feeling like this should have been more special, 
Like, that kind of stuff is meaningless because there are old-timers on the shows every week. <laughs> so, like, why would you get excited to see somebody when there's, like, always somebody older on the shows? Like, it takes well, away from people showing up. Well, to me, it's not even that. It's just the fact that, like, for example, you, you used that Raw 1000. There were things that were nostalgic for Raw a little bit, even though Raw has been around longer. The thing that SmackDown was built upon, a lot of them weren't there. Like, for example, I thought the Miz got the shorthand of this like, big time. There was no John Cena. We had Edge. There was John Cena, Ed- but briefly. Yeah, briefly. And uh, there were we had Edge, who was probably the the best super superstar in SmackDown history. Uh, um, you saw Kurt Angle at commentary. Like there, there were just, there were just things that were so much so they were left on a table. It just felt like a regular SmackDown. You just threw guys in at random spots that did nothing. It was okay. like, oh hey, I'm here. I'm Kurt Angle. Good shout out for GM Eddie. segment that could have been something. Yeah, but the GM segment that could have been actually fun because you got, of course you got Vicky Guerrero. Excuse me, you got John Lord Knight is coming in. He doing his people power finger, mm. and uh, Uncle Teddy comes in dances with Paige. But that's it. Nobody said anything. It, I didn't get a real much of a chuckle out of it. There's just so much stuff on the table on SmackDown 1000. I think I think you missed an opportunity to use, reuse Vicky too when uh, we had the Edge set. Yeah, you really did. Yeah, especially he brought her up. Yeah, yeah. You know, he mentioned like, it, and he's like, "Wait," and I divorced her. I mean, this show is a microcosm of what I say about Raw every week that they just like send people out, like, "All right, go go do something." All right, now you go out and do some stuff. All right, now you go out and do some stuff. That's what SmackDown 1000 felt like. Too. It was a lot more segments than it was wrestling. Mm-hmm. On a show that's predicated on wrestling. Yeah. Uh, like, The Undertaker comes out to close the show. Like, do they think that these shows have different audiences? Well, it's it's not even that. The Undertaker, what he made... He made his way out to the ring with five minutes up in the show, and I believe him being in the ring lasted lasted less than a minute, or close to a minute, or not, or, or not too much over a minute. And the crowd was disappointed in that because no matter what, no matter how old he gets, people all just love the Undertaker. He's a timeless he, he's a timeless character, and people will, will forever love love him no matter how old he gets, and and the dedication to the character. But it, it, like even like the like I said about the people here they're coming. To the show, just to make guest appearances. We see them all the time. <laughs> like, all the guys, Batista and Vicky Guerrero, we see, any other, everybody else we see on WWE TV for the most part all the time. We don't see John Laurinaitis all the time, so <laughs> that, that's one for the good guys. Well, well he's a supporting <laughs> character on Total Balance. No, oh, okay. <laughs> that yeah, kind of so, so I, I disagree with everyone on The Undertaker. Of course you do. I, I don't get excited to see him come out. I'm, I'm over <laughs> it. It's... <laughs> If, if he stayed off TV for 10 years and came back, I'd be like, oh, my God, The Undertaker. But he's been on TV three or four times in the last six weeks. Um, and they they pumped it up like, oh, The Undertaker has arrived to SmackDown. It's like, yeah, Raw is your other show, and he's been on that multiple times. He just wrestled at a mock like, pay-per-view. This isn't... Yeah, yeah like, a mock pay-per-view. You're not... It's not like UFC and... Bellator, where somebody shows up at two different places, like it's WWE television. It's the same thing. The same people are watching who saw him already a couple weeks ago. So to me, I'm just tired of them acting like dumb stuff is a big deal. What were your thoughts on the um, 
Ray uh, Nakamura match. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I didn't care. Like, like th- this whole dumb World Cup thing, we'll get to Oh, the, the World Cup's dumb as everything. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't I, understand I, this at all. It, it was fine. Uh, they're working the house show circuits coming up for the U.S. title, so you have to assume that'll be like the few. So we'll get this at least a million more times in the next month. But it, it's whatever, but I just can care less about Shinsuke Nakamura on a WWE roster right now. Yeah. He's not doing much. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was interested to see how the match played. I thought maybe Rey Mysterio would be more Shinsuke's speed to kind of give him a little more to play with. Still same offense. Yeah, anything having to do with this World Cup is completely... It makes no sense. Who's the best in the world? Or, Whoever's holding the title. Or, or as Rusev says, the U.S. Open. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> I just uh, showed that to Joey before we started. And you look at the roster, it, it again, it's just a parade of, of people who were in their prime 10 years ago. But John, C- John Cena, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah cuz like Kurt when Angle. I was looking at cuz when I was looking at it, I'm like if you do a, a real world cup, you could actually have like a real creative tournament cuz you have wrestlers from all, all around the world who are actually good and you actually make it make something out of it. It's more just a name grab. Yeah. Yeah. But nah, we'll just we'll just throw these guys in it, and it doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, and what do you guys think about the bar winning the tag team championships? I, I saw that coming because there was the for the anniversary show they had to have a title change, and there's no anniversary show without a big show heel turn. True. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I don't mind the title change. I just don't know if I want to play out this storyline. Well, yeah, like, where, where does the Big Show fit into this now? Or does he not? I guess he doesn't have to because he just kind of comes out. Like, the, the whole joke is he, he walks out a heel and goes to the back of Babyface. Like, I guess it doesn't matter. He doesn't need it to fight. Yeah, they're going to play things. something more out with that. They're not just going to leave, leave that on the shelf. I would hope not. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to think. My thought would be three-on-three, three, which they seem to be packaging a lot, a lot these days. Yeah, they do love a six-man tag. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, it's cool that the big show got to come out on a big show, <laughs> literally, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I prefer the New Day with the titles, but we'll see what happens. Like, the, the tag team division can use an injection of something. I don't know if this yeah. is it, but... Beef injection? It, yeah. It's better <laughs> than what they've been doing, Joseph. Um, yeah, I... That's all I had for SmackDown. Did anybody have anything else that particularly stood out or that they cared about? That was that was actually everything that happened for the most part on SmackDown. Well, you had the um, Daniel Bryan. Oh yeah, the AJ tag. match. I forgot versus about that. the Usos, which was pretty fun to watch. It was fun. I mean, it's kind of predictable the ending, kind of, but I mean, it, it it was a good watch. It was fun, and two guys that have a match coming up, so. I mean, they they love to do that too. The two the two guys who have a title match coming up, teaming together, to kind of build more animosity. Yeah, but no, it was it was a good match. You know, all four guys are great workers, and it was a fun match to watch. Uh, so I don't have a ton of notes on Raw, so you guys can kind of fill in the spaces uh, when we get through the notes I have. Uh, the main thing that I took away from this show, and Alo told me this via text message, I believe, yesterday. 
Uh, the Ronda Rousey Bella's promo. Um, I did think it was a little overwritten. Like she had way too many words to say, but mm-hmm. I thought she did a really good job delivering it. Like there were times when you could tell she was, I don't want to say struggling, but like it just wasn't natural for her to say some of the stuff yeah. she had to say, but I thought she delivered it well. Um, crowd was into it. They especially loved the John Cena, John Cena bit and Bree's face. When she said it, like the way she looked at Nikki, I really, I enjoyed. And am I the only one who thinks that Ronda portrayed the Bellas kind of exactly the way I feel about WWE? <laughs> Meaning, well, the, well, they are WWE. You know, I, um, you guys are fresh, and uh, my thoughts kind of are related to that. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. Honestly, I thought all three of them were good. Brie did do her kind of paused cadence she did but she, she she talked like a human being for right a bit. It, it wasn't as bad as we've been accustomed to and honestly i thought all three of them did well and i i kind of like the direction this has gone i i've loved the direction it's gone it's kind of built the heat um when there wasn't any when they were still you know kind of kind of teaming together it kind of paints Rhonda in a favorable light and and the Bellas are getting booed. I mean, they're they're supposed to get booed, and they're getting booed. So it's playing out the way it should, and it kind of helps you get behind the stories. And can I just say the last security guard that came down, <laughs> his oversell was magnificent. <laughs> he wasn't better than... He wasn't better than that black guy at one time. Though. No. Well, my, no, but my wife was <laughs> fully the, invested in this. The point. way he landed and he was kind of like arms and legs <laughs> were like up in the air and he did like the big scream. I was like, wow, that guy really went for it. He went really big. It was funny. <laughs> with too. his opportunity. Yeah, I died. Because my wife's fully invested in the story at this point. And she's like, how are you going to send five guys after Ronda like that? I was like, don't <laughs> and worry. And she takes don't them Don't She'll take care of it. <laughs> Well, and she had just said, like, you guys know the refs have not been very good at holding me back. Yeah. And those guys clearly were not. Uh, no, I liked it. Alo, what, what were your thoughts you wanted, you wanted to get to? Yeah, going off of what you said a little bit, uh, Ronda's delivery, it, like, it was fine at times. But after a while, after she started getting the punchline, you could kind of tell she got a little bit more comfortable with the crowd reaction. But she, she did a lot of pacing back and forth. And like, so it looked like she's trying to like get her words together and remember the script to an extent. But hey, if you're turtle. Going to get... <laughs> hey, turtle. That's a one that's acting there. I can really hurt you, turtle. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So as Ron said, Ronda's promo about the Bell was what they feel, what he, how he feels about WWE, and. That's true because the Bell Twins are basically WWE product, WWE product, and the one way you can make this interesting because this is the feud. No, like we said when this first guy leaked after SummerSlam before SummerSlam, or a week or so before SummerSlam, this isn't what the, what the IWC or anybody that's been a hardcore women's wrestling advocate wants to see. Because Nikki Bella, she's not – in a promo, she talked about she started the women's revolution, and she did. I, I will argue with that to anybody – argue with that against anybody. 
the women's revolution isn't just about wrestling. WWE is the main mainstream company. Nikki Bella, when they in the Bellas, when they came back in 2013, they started Total Divas. I was like, what the hell they're back for? They got a reality show. That's it. But that but Total Divas all in the Bellas when they got more eyes on on the on the women's on the product and the women's and the women in WWE than ever before. And that's a fact. And that and that's and that's not that's not talking about the in ring work. The in ring work that all started from NXT before the hashtag Give D was a chance started. Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Becky, and and, and um Sasha were all killing it down in NXT before that hashtag first started. Yeah. And even and even Bailey had uh, gave them recognition at her Slammy Award winning speech in 2014. So. Nikki Bella, is she responsible for the women's revolution? Yes, but not the women's wrestling ev- revolution. And this isn't kind of what the IWC wants to see. And this is the easiest way you can actually get people interested in this whole feud because of the fact that it's easy to poke at the Bellas because everything that Rhonda said is what a lot of people feel about them. You know, are the Bellas loved by people? Yes. But, but. At the same time, people do feel that way because out of nowhere, she's dating John Cena. Then Bree, even Bree was with uh, Brian before she was, Nikki got with John. But look, Bree's with Bree's with Brian. You can arguably say that Nikki's Divas title reign, even though it was to get rid of AJ Lee's record, it was predicated. It was big, a lot of predicated between because of John Cena's pulling the company. And that's the only way you can get people interested in it. It was delivered properly, but. It's just not what I don't think the fans really want to see. Like reports came out today that even even after they announced it, ticket sales are still struggling. And that's like I'm saying like Nikki Bella. I don't I like Nikki Bella. Like when they came back in 2013, I've always said I I, I don't mind you, but it's about the steady improvement. Nikki's better than Bree, but they haven't. They both have improved. But at the same time, that's not a main the main event that anybody wants to see for the first women's pay, all women's pay per view. If it was a regular show. Fine, but not the first all women's pay per view. P- the people much rather see somebody else who is in the forefront of the re- of the wrestling revolution. And you know they're saving, they're supposedly saving Charlotte versus Ronda for WrestleMania. Could do uh, Charlotte and I mean Sasha in there, but it's just not. This show is kind of more for the IWC and the hardcore fan than the casual fan to me. Yeah, I mean, so I like that they I like that they did it. I like the way they're doing it. I think the Bellas, like I wouldn't have said this three months ago, that I think the Bellas would be like a really good matchup for Ronda. But like now that it's here, to steal a phrase that I know Alo loves to use, this was like maybe not quite this. Uh, I don't, maybe I shouldn't go quite this far, but like it's the feud I never knew I needed. Maybe. <laughs> But, like, I really enjoy it. I think it'll be fun. Um, and I like that. So, like, Nikki Bella clearly can't stack up physically to Ronda, but there's two of them. Yeah. Which helps her. Twin magic. Yes, which we've seen a lot. Obviously, I don't think Nikki is going to win, but I do think this is going to be a lot of fun, and I think they've done a good job with it. And, like, like Joey said. His wife is into it, so like it definitely has appealed to people who maybe wouldn't always necessarily be super interested in WWE. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely an appeal to it. There's a, there's an attraction to this kind of storyline. I mean, partially because they do have the reality shows, so they're seen as celebrities, and 
they're pitted against someone who is equally as popular in the public eye. Yeah. Yeah, and I was explaining this to someone on Instagram, and I was explaining, I'm explaining, nobody wants to see this, but in WWE's eyes, Nikki Bell's a big deal. And I said this when this first got reported, that she's the, I don't care what you say, she's their biggest star. She's their biggest star. Like you, you could you could argue Charlotte, you could argue Sasha. No, Nikki Bell has become a, a socialite for the most for the most part. She's all over she's all over the place. She, she has two shows, and she's all on red carpets and stuff. She's their biggest she's their biggest star in the women's division. Yeah, so, I agree. so and yeah, and what they and what they're portraying is is for all is for media attention saying because Ronda is the basically the face of this pay per view is Ronda Rousey. The former, the women's champion, former UFC fighter versus Nikki Bella, reality TV star. That is, it's, it's all for media attention. And a good, good, good attention. It just, it, mm-hmm. it, that's going to be the end result. Yeah, and with the return, and uh, uh, with the return of Sasha, I'm not sure if you're going to get to this, but I had a theory that since Natty hasn't even been near Ronda in the last couple of weeks, that. Maybe Natty comes down and tries to help Nick, Nikki win the title, and and then maybe Nick Ryan is going to ambush or it's like a three on one, and then all the other three horsewomen they are signed. What a, I had a theory maybe they'll all come down and help Ronda inform the four horsewomen of MMA at, to end Evolution. That was a theory I had. Well, that would if nothing else that would be interesting and something. Like something happening, you know, something of note that will carry forward, which I'm hoping that this show is not treated as like, like a, a like a one night thing. Like I hope actual storylines. Yeah, you have, to, you have stuff kind of come out of it. Um, stuff that you can look forward to, storylines, uh, feuds that come out of this pay per view, leading to better feuds. On the on the everyday shows, yeah, like that. That's my hope. Um, Your hope is well placed. <laughs> yeah, I believe I'm sure. we all we all have that kind of yeah. hope. I'm 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 hoping. <laughs> uh, my only other note from Raw, I guess I shouldn't say I don't have many notes. I had two. So you have like two notes. You yes. have a couple of notes. a couple of notes. not even a few. How good was Vacation Kurt? So good. So good. That outfit, the, the like Tommy Bahama out, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. So awesome. Not better than the little cowboy hat. But <laughs> well, nothing. We'll that little cowboy hat was cowboy awesome. Hat. When he had a full head of hair. They were missing that on SmackDown 1000. Yeah, they could have used that. Um, Some of those clips were classics. Classic. Yes. I mean, I, I remember 90% of them like it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and and the, I didn't even need a jammer. <laughs> the only other thing of note that I felt like happened was Galloway turned on Braun, right? Yeah, some, somewhat, yeah. So, I, what happened on Raw? Like, what what matters on Raw right now? Well, Ambrose lost his World Cup qualified, well, his U.S. Open qualifying match to the to the one and only, literally the one and only Shawn Michaels now, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> and, 
and Ambrose got mad because it was kind of raw because Roll, because Rollins kind of Rollins came out to help him, but he kind of technically cost him the match because of the distraction. So it played out throughout the whole night that Dean yeah. Ambrose animosity towards his fellow Shield members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, Rollins said something early in the show. I believe he's. Something, something about a lunatic being late or something well, like that. Yeah, they came down through the crowd, and it was only the two of them because the other three were in the ring. And uh, Rollins just said, you know, it's typical Dean fashion. will show up when, when when he shows up. Yeah. Yeah, and then Dean, Dean took offense to that, and then <laughs> he was, ang- it was angry. Then after his, U- his U.S. Open qualifying match, him and, Z- him and Rollins got into it, and Corbin booked the shield against Strowman, Galloway, and Ziggler. And when when Dolph lost the match, he, he, he basically was about to kill Dolph. But then Galloway hit the he took out Strowman, and then walked off. And will this amount to anything interesting? No, because has anyone fallen more precipitously than Braun Strowman in the last two or three months? No, no this was our superstar <laughs> of the year. <laughs> well, he won't be <laughs> in 2018. <laughs> That is is for damn sure. Uh, I don't even know if he belongs on the list of nominees at this point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just like so not interested in it. Like I watch it and it's just not entertaining to it's me. It's not like keeping your interest at all. You're just kind of phasing out. I sit down. I'll like 15 minutes will go by. I'm like, all right, what just happened? I, I know I'm not going to rewind it, but it's like none of it is actually being retained. And then I feel like, oh, nothing really happened and nothing really ever seems to happen almost um i don't know is there anything else like that matters to, to either of you yeah i mean, elias elias cutting down philadelphia <laughs> and his uh, stars somehow i missed that it couldn't have been cut out of hulu it, well it was involved in apollo so it may happen oh so what did he say about philly yeah i didn't see elias he was tearing down Gritty, tearing down Carson Wentz. <laughs> Car- Carson Wentz, I mean, he's just, he's just beating us up. Huh. What did he say about did, Carson? Some, something about them. They went to lunch or something. I, I don't remember exactly what he said. It was, it was, th- this is hard for me to say. It wasn't his best work. No? No. It wasn't Elias' best work. This but I took it a little more personal, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> like, how can you not? I feel like there's so much material to use against Philadelphia. Did you catch the uh, – the cringeworthy leader and Trish segment. I went out of my way not to see it. <laughs> uh, they started talking about practice. Oh god! <laughs> why? Why? Yeah, there were Mickey, Mickey, and Alexa. They were cutting a promo on them, saying how we've been here killing it, and you guys have been sitting at home on your couch. And and uh, one of them said you need a little bit. Maybe you need a little bit, a little practice. And that led to the practice. You're talking about practice with Hall of Famers. You're talking about practice. And then Corey Graves killed it, saying Allen Iverson is turning in his grave right now. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that okay. That's good. But yeah, like no, just just don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. Raw. Raw needs to pick it up. And I, I feel like it's just never going to happen. I mean, there was so it wasn't a lot of good. There was some good, like I like the segment, Ron, like we talked about. Um, some of the qualifying matches were pretty good. Dolph, I mean, Dolph and uh, Dean was a solid match. Seth Rollins won his qualifying match, which 
was a good match. Um, outside of that, yeah, there wasn't too much else. Yeah, Nothing and, too crazy. Yeah, and I said we have to return to Sasha Banks, and I, I, I'm basically I, I'm alluding to what may happen. I think we're going to end up getting a six a six a six woman tag with Natty in the Boss Hut connection as the Riot Squad. Cause that's that's what that looks like is going to happen right now. And, and also, did they announced the Women's Battle Royal for Evolution as well? And I think I sent you a clip of all the women's reactions on, yeah. on Twitter about they that because they were elated. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I just watched this. I was like, "Well, there goes everything good. Good that you could have did." Then I saw Bailey and Sasha were, and it's like, "Okay, I'm assuming that they're going to end up facing the Riot Squad somehow, some way." And the reports came out today that Ivory and Molly Holly are confirmed for yeah. Evolution, but you could take that with a grain of salt until it actually happens. Right. And I don't know if, if you saw if you also saw the report about Vince feeding Leo Rush lines during his um managing Bob last week and then he's he's still doing it this week. So there were there were just things you could actually tell that this is true. So Lashley comes out after Finn Balor beats Jinder Mahal and Leo Rush had a couple things that just made me laugh. He called he called him the um the Rocky Mountain Machine. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, oh, the Rocky Mountain Main Machine. And I, I can just hear Vince, because you can see the airpiece. Mm-hmm. I can just hear Vince see him a lot. Call him the Rocky Mountain Main Machine. I could see Vince on commentary <laughs> as as Bob comes out, you know, from the back, hits the ramp. What was it, the Rocky Mountain Main Machine? Yeah. Oh, oh look at him. The Rocky Mountain main machine. Like, I could definitely see him on commentary saying that. Um, I, okay, so Joseph just handed me what Elias said. Earlier today, I go to lunch with Carson Wentz, and I ask him about his injuries from last season. I ask if it was painful, and he says yes. Elias, yeah, it was, but true pain is psychological. True pain is going out there each week and pretending like you care about this depraved and shameful city of Philadelphia. (laughs) And while I'm at it, Gritty, he's not a mascot. He is a spitting image of every person in this city. He's fat, ugly, fat, ugly, (laughs) googly-eyed slob. I'll give it to Elias. Maybe maybe not his best work, but people are very defensive of Gritty right now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Now, now, Joey, I see why you take it personal now. You love your flyers. (laughs) I do, I do. I'm I'm, I'm a hockey guy. Um... And I don't have googly eyes. <laughs> you don't have googly eyes. Um, <clears throat> here's the thing. Like, Leo Rush is actually a very, like, intelligent and creative guy. Why not let him be that? Like, if, if the whole point... I assume the whole point of this is to get people to care about Bob Lashley. If you let Leo Rush do what he wants, I think it's more likely to work than if it's just Vince doing the, the dumb stuff... Vince likes to do. Well, I mean, this this Bob Lashley was a little more of an edge. A heel at Lashley's a little more bearable than the other one that was probably going to drive a uh, laugh to suicide. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a little more barrel. Yeah, but we've seen time and time again with wrestlers like Leo. Uh, I mean, they don't give him free reigns till he has a body of work. They right. just don't trust people enough, even if he is qualified to do it. They just don't do it. Yeah, and something... 
like this was like a completely different last year this week it was real vintage wrestling heel because you know he had he had he had his physique so he did like a lot of posing and stuff so it was like a, a real vintage heel thing but for leo rush and and bob this week so yeah. it, I, I did enjoy it for the most part but the whole i could hear vince when leo rush said certain things just like you can hear just like you can hear him when michael cole says certain things yeah like, like it's, it's boss time the thing. big dog mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, they'll love it if you call it boss time. Um, I asked my wife to talk to me and Vince McMahon. <laughs> you know what? I mean, that's fine. If it, was, if it was Vince actually saying it, I probably wouldn't hate it as much. But it's not. I actually listened back to the Leo interview on Friday, I think. Just like popped in my head for some reason. I was like, you know what? Let me listen to this. And I asked him that. Like... Are you worried at all about like going to a place like NXT or WWE and them taking away your creativity? Because I feel like that's one of your strengths, and that's what he said. Like I, I like where I'm at right now because I have control over what I do. And if something's not working, I'm not like on TV, so I can change it if I need to. And it's just kind of a shame that that may end up playing out for him uh, the way I might have feared it would. Um, Alo, you ready for Pash's Indie Inquiry? Yes. Do you want to let everybody know what the match was? Yes. All right, so well, this week's Pash's Indie Inquiry was Jordan Grace versus Joey Janela from Beyond Wrestling Smash Northern Tournament. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to? I'll go first. I loved it. <laughs> like... I, I, I first, my first time seeing Jordan Grace was at All In in the Battle and over the budget Battle Royal, and she had a really good show in there. And ever since then, she's been like real hot thing. Like like the whole the whole All In thing, it put a lot of people on the map. Oh, by the way, congratulations to Jordan Grace actually debuting an Impact tapings this past week. So congrats to her. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought Joey Janela. I thought he sold like Hogan versus Michaels out there for her <laughs> big, time, big time. I thought she held her own out there and the, the way Janela had actually stole the match. I thought, I thought that was a nice touch because it kept her looking strong and she's a real, she's really physical to be a woman. And, well, she was, she is thick mama pump, but <laughs> I, th- I thought it was a really she's strong. Match. She's yeah. strong. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was a thought, re- it's a fun match. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. What were your thoughts, Joseph? Like a, there was, a, I thought it was a good match. I mean, I had, again, uh, they kind of forwarded it to me, giving some homework. <laughs> but I, I watched it, and I was skeptical going into it, just seeing, you know, you have this woman facing this this, this gentleman wrestler. How, how is this going to play? <laughs> gentleman out? wrestler, very good way. Yeah, to well, put I was it. So I was trying to be PC <laughs> with this one. I, I don't want my uh, you know haters to get, get on me. But um, the more the match played out, the more I was into it. it some good spots. Uh, again, she just. She hung in there. She was one of the guys, which was fun. Yeah. So, like, my thoughts, first of all, I'll just say, Prep, you did a good job of selecting another really fun match to watch. Um, uh, so my favorite thing was how commentary painted it as, how could he possibly beat her? <laughs> how do you beat somebody like her? <laughs> um, another thing, like, I did really enjoy that he did win by, like, stealing it with a roll-up. Like, that may be my favorite roll-up finish I've seen in the last few years. Um, But, like, to me, wrestling is all about storytelling and, like, getting the viewer 
to suspend their disbelief. And like that's when wrestling works, I believe that is why it works. And WWE has stopped doing that. And I think that's why it mostly sucks. But like commentary told the story. The performers told the same story commentary was telling. They were both on the same page. And they just like they sold me on it. Now, if you told me some random woman and some random man were going to get into a real fight on the street, there's no way I would assume that the woman was going to win. But they like really made you believe that she was the more imposing uh, athlete in the match. And she's really good. So there's that too. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I loved, like I said, the story told by the wrestlers and commentary. Uh, it all added up to one really fun match to watch. So, Pash's Indie Inquiry is success once again. Um, any final thoughts on it before we go into listener questions? Nope, I'm good. I really enjoyed it. I'm working on getting her on the show. Okay. <laughs> what was that? Working on getting her on the show. Who? Jordan Grace. Oh. All right. We have a complaint. Slash question from the Godfather, Joe Lafford. Okay. While I like Ron Killings, I did not like the opening of SmackDown. This is loaded. However, I believe it was an extremely accurate opening for something booked by Vince McMahon. Vince has always been obsessed with dance. Now, if you were in charge of booking the opening of SmackDown 1000, what would you have done better? For me, it's The Rock. Even though he couldn't make it, Pay him the Saudi money to appear live via satellite. Miz TV opens with the Miz, saying he's the greatest of all time. He's interrupted by The Rock in his library of catchphrases. So to me, that's probably the best thing that could have happened. Um, but to not take that answer, I'll just go very simply with they could have gotten Chris Jericho on the show. <laughs> like... That would have been great if Jericho showed up. I feel like it was a, it's a, 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 a moment that like warrants Jericho coming back for. I would have been excited for it. I believe everybody else would have been. So I would say adding Chris Jericho to the show in any shape or form would have been better for me than what they what they ended up with. What about you? Anything for you, Joey, that you well, think would have made it better? Well, outside of Jericho, which would have been probably one of my first choice, I was thinking um, if he had a Stone Cold moment when Vince McMahon came out. <laughs> you can never have too many Stone Cold Vince McMahon moments. No, and that would have been pretty great to see. Or you could have had Angle wearing a hat and Kurt. God, Joey, you Stone took my Cold. answer. Stone Cold wearing a hat as well. Joey, you took my answer. My bad. You, you can elaborate a little more. <laughs> that that was going to be my answer, them, them to reenact that whole segment in the ring. Angle pull out the bag, get a bag of hats and the uh, the guitar from vacation. Oh man, he come back from vacation with a guitar and, a, and, and it's like souvenirs. Everybody have the hats. That's how I would have booked it. Would have been but that great. whole but the whole rock with the mist thing. That that is the best thing you could have actually done. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, what else we got? Thank you, Lef. All right, we have a question from. Good friend of the show, Kevin from Barbados. He'll to face on Instagram. Okay. All right. He says, which match or matches are you guys most looking forward to at Evolution? And any thoughts on the Crown Jewel situation? So, Kevin, I'll open with uh, tell Rihanna I said what's up. I feel like I just have to say that anytime you ask a question now. I feel like it's now 
a permanent bit on the show. Um, <laughs> so match I'm most looking forward to on Evolution. I kind of hate to say it because I feel like it's just the obvious one, but I'm really looking forward to Ronda and Nikki uh, for the reasons we, we mentioned earlier. I just think like the story is there. I actually really care about it. And I'm interested to see how it comes across. Um, and the crown jewel situation, uh, it's weird. Like, I don't want to like take a, a political stance so much, but there are a lot of things happening in Saudi Arabia that are not great, to, to, to put it lightly. And WWE, when they were there before, was gushing over how great Saudi Arabia is and how wonderful of a place it is and how progressive of a place it is. And it's, <laughs> it's kind of not. And I think it's going to be really strange if they go there and have to say those things again in light of current events. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know they're not going to not go. Like, they got paid a lot of money to be there. They want to make that money. They want to put on this show. They're not going to change it. And unfortunately, WWE, I don't think, makes enough of an impact mainstream that enough people would care for them to feel like they have to change it. So that's how well, I feel about it. Well, if you pay me hundreds of millions of dollars, I'll say anything, including Malcolm Brogdon <laughs> is the best rookie of the year in NBA history. But I digress. But um, Stop digressing. Stop digressing. But, <laughs> but – they they made it a point to not mention the word so the name of Saudi Arabia all all night on both shows. Yeah. Even even in the commercial, they didn't mention where it was at all. They're still promoting it, but they're not mentioning where it is. So I don't know if they have another venue possibly lined up because it's three weeks away. I'm, I'm sure they may have something in their back pocket, but I, the world is so sensitive now with that guy going missing and stuff. And I, I could really see Vince considering actually not going because it'll look bad for the company. Well, do you know the actual like the actual story that has kind of come out? I looked I looked it up earlier. I think I think, I think let's see if I still, still have it up. So no, I don't want to report this as like one hundred percent fact because I read something this morning and I haven't followed up with it and maybe I should have, but I wasn't expecting to talk about this situation on the show tonight. But Apparently, they cut this guy into pieces while he was alive. Yeah, it's pres- it was presumed killing of Washington Post contributor and U.S. resident Jamal Kasagi inside the Saudi the Saudi cons- cons- consulate in Turkey, USA. Senator Richard Blumenthal Decon called on the Stanford, Connecticut based sports entertainment company to review and relook their relationship with the Saudi Kingdom. Yeah, and apparently there are audio tapes of what happened. So yeah, it's a pretty gross and terrifying situation. And like maybe, but I just, for whatever reason, I think the hubris of Vince McMahon, a word that I've used <laughs> and I know you love, will keep him from taking the show out of Saudi Arabia. But I think it probably would be in their best interest if they did. Joseph, any thoughts? Do you think they will step out of Saudi Arabia, or you don't think? I don't think at this point they will. I think there's too many. I think they're too pot committed at this point. 
It's too close. They've and they're still they're still advertising it. If they had um, any inkling of pulling out, barring any kind of further incidents that kind of forced their hands, um, if they were going to pull out, I think they would stop advertising as much as they have. And they they clearly have not. They've actually ramped it up. I'm jamming it down my throat, so I don't see them pulling out. Well, this. Well, this is the thing WWE does does better than anybody, and I tell people this all the time in life: verbiage is everything. <laughs> and the fact that they're, they're, they're saying they're not saying from Saudi Arabia that means it still it still may happen, it just may not happen at Saudi Arabia. They just might Saudi change Arabia. the venue. Yeah, it'll still be called Crown Jewel, but it'll still be in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I'll, I'll be surprised if they don't do it there. Um, I mean, unless the talent really makes it clear like yo we don't want to go to this place which i don't think anyone's really courageous enough to do so i i personally will be surprised if they don't go well tmz um, tmz actually boy to actually boy about it and he said he'll go he they should go who was that randall <laughs> really yeah uh randall <laughs> why would anybody ask him anything about anything um yeah kevin thank you for the question and I'm curious what your thoughts on it are. If you leave us a comment uh, on, was this a, an Instagram question? Yeah, um, Kevin, just DM us because he DM he DM'd us last week after the show. I forgot to get back to him after the second message. I got busy at work. Thursday's a rough day for me at work, so just message your thoughts. Um, all right, anything else? Yeah, uh, we have a question from Collar and Elbow. Okay, actually. all right, Collar and Elbow. Yeah. What are the latest rumblings out of New Japan? What is that? <laughs> the new wrestling in Japan. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> anything about New Japan. And my whole character on this show is that I'm supposed to hate New Japan. So I'm not going to break character. But is it a character? <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it's more of a character. Or is it more of the bone? <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Yeah, well, something interesting... I'm, I wanted to bring up a prep's not here to to, um, to go back and Him forth sleeping. about it. <laughs> yeah, he probably. But in the last couple of weeks, Bullet Club, well, specifically, I believe it's Marty, Cody, and the Bucks, maybe Adam Page. But this is the last time that they're going to have a Bullet Club style shirt. And mm-hmm. Tomatonga has been undefeated on Twitter against the new, the elite bullet club for the last few, for, for a long time now. And he says the elite doesn't exist without bullet club. Good luck in WWE. We were here before you. We were here during, we'll be here after hashtag bullet club. Good luck in WWE. So there's speculation about people keep going back and forth about just because the last style doesn't mean they're actually going to WWE. But also, New Japan has some new management or whatever, and anything with the Bullet Club logo, I believe in that style, they get a percentage of it, does New Japan. So I'm not sure if they're going to create new styles for these t-shirts so they can get all the pro- most of the profit themselves and not have to cut New Japan anything. So I'm, I'm, really in- I'm interested because even on the latest 10 Pounds of Gold series, Cody, well, not the latest, but a few episodes ago, Cody talked about his contract with Ring of Honor ends January first, or sometime in sometime in January, and he just he said he's not saying no to going to WWE. 
He's not saying no to re-signing with Ring of Honor or being exclusive to Japan. He's not saying no, but though that that's an interesting thing about about this whole Bullet Club thing. A lot of people going off about the whole um, last style shirts that are coming out. I mean, it's not going to slow these guys down at all. I think whatever they come up with will work. People will like it. People will buy it. People will support it. And they're not who they are because of the Bullet Club name or the Bullet Club logo. They're who they are because of who they are. So I don't think it's going to hurt them at all. No. You put a rock in the middle of a river, it's going to run right around it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's and, very and, true. Yeah, and then even the latest merchandise that wasn't Bullet Club well, had to have Bullet Club wording on it was uh, all, during All In Cody. He had his Nightmare Family jackets, and you know he's had his his uh, Nightmare wine and cigars. And today, the, the Nightmare Family jacket came was available on Pro Wrestling Tees, and it's, I believe it's available for a whole week. So that's probably the first first thing available in his new branding, maybe. But still, feel it. But still, Bullet Club. But that's like the first thing that's being released with the Nightmare Family logo, I believe. Hmm. All right. We also well, had a question. Thank you for that collar and elbow. Yeah, we also had a question from the Russell Hub. Okay. Who should take the United Kingdom title from Pete Dunne? I, honestly, I don't even know what the options are. <laughs> right now, I think it's what Zach Gibson, who's the number one contender. Uh, I'm not sure because the UK show just started today. And I meant to watch it, but I got a little tired. I got I was watching the games, the NBA because the NBA games. Um, I know he fought Norm Darf. He retained the title. Yeah, I know that. That's what happened on the first episode. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If I could choose I'm, anyone to be that champion, I'd make it Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher, gentleman <laughs> Jack. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I liked. I did like Tyler Bate to take it from him, but. Doesn't look like that's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what kind of guys are gonna be are gonna be in and out of, of NXT UK. I'm, I'm really not sure. Yeah, I mean, and I know Jack Gallagher is probably not even involved in it, but that's to me that's my favorite guy. He's with involved. British accent. I think he was involved in the tournament. So I thought he was just involved in cruiserweight stuff. At this no, point. he was involved in the, in the last UK tournament. He was. So uh, did you have a guess or you just don't know enough of the guys who are involved I, in it? I don't know because I don't know what it's going to look like. And I said I haven't watched the NAC UK, UK episode yet. And I would like to see some, some main roster guys go down, you know, and actually keep keep it with like guys that are actually from the, from the United Kingdom because Pete Dunne has been a champion for a year and a half now. I think it's time for a title change eventually. Even though we've haven't seen much of Pete Dunne, but you've reached eventually. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't really have an answer. So sorry about that, man. If not Pete Gallagher, or if not Jack Gallagher, I'll go with the answer I always have when asked who should hold any championship: Ron Killings. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine with a French accent. <laughs> That'd be unbelievable. <laughs> All right, and the return of well, it's rebranded again this week. This week it's called Champ, Go the Hell Home, mm-hmm. or Play on the Delaware 87ers. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who are now known as the Blue Coats, by the way. I don't know if everyone knows that. Yeah. I, 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 I was going to say that. That was like <laughs> tip of my tongue. 
first up is Trish, Trish and Lita practice thing. Uh, okay. We have a front runner for Go the Hell Home. <laughs> <laughs> the Celtics. Oh, man. Or John Cena's hair. <laughs> Go the Hell Home, John Cena's hair. Looks like JBL hair. <laughs> okay. So we have John Cena's hair, Trish and Lita's practice segment, and the Boston Celtics. You know what? Just for the sheer entertainment value, John Cena's hair is my champ. <laughs> um, the and also he's so skinny now. You know, I shouldn't say so skinny, but like he's much thinner than he was before. Yeah, his shirts look huge. Yeah, he looks like the Miz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that just makes the hair look even more ridiculous. All right, go the hell home. And Delaware 87ers. Blue Coats. I am going to... As much as I would just love to tell the Celtics, go the hell home. I'm going to have Trish and Lita's practice segment, go the hell home. (laughs) And in order for the Sixers to have any chance to get out of the Eastern Conference this year, I'm going to need the Boston Celtics to play for the Delaware 87ers instead of the Boston (laughs) Celtics. So that is where I'm going with champ, go the hell home, and play for the Delaware 87ers. Uh, So thank you for that laugh. And we do have the return of Stump Alo. Give me one second. All right. With Batista mentioning Triple has never beaten him, it got me interested in, in career winning percentages. Oh, goodness. As always, according to the internet, rank these five superstars from highest to lowest winning percentage. We have Shawn Michaels. We have The Undertaker. We have Daniel Bryan. We have Neville. And we have John Cena. And feel free to throw in what you think their winning percentage is. That oh, God. Well, that won't count towards the... Uh, whether you're right or wrong, but I'm just curious where you where you would think it is. So you said the you said Undertaker, John Cena. Mm-hmm. I think the Undertaker's one. Okay. Is yeah. that right? Well, do you want to just give me your five, or do you want to do you want me to just tell you whether you're right or wrong on who's first? Um, who thinks the best? Because that's kind of like process of elimination after that. Um. Yeah, give, just give me your five, and you'll get three chances to get the order right. All right, so just tell me if I'm right where somebody's slotted. Okay. Uh, I think the Undertaker's one. He is not. Okay. So John Cena's one. He is not. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is one. Mm-mm. <laughs> Daniel Bryan's number one. He is not. <laughs> you, have one more, you have one more choice. Neville's number one. He has Neville at 79% winning percentage. Shocking. Well, that, that late cruiserweight run probably got him most of <laughs> All right, so oh, now... he also wanted me... So I, I spoke to him on the phone earlier. He gave me an index card that I wrote the question down on. He didn't give me an index card. I wrote it down on an index card. 
forgot to write it down and forgot to bring it with me. So I just rewrote this from memory. The order is right, and I believe the percentages are all right. But the one, the one thing he wanted me to specify was that the person had to have 418 career matches at a minimum. <laughs> I don't know why he picked that number, but that's what it was. Okay, so yes, Neville is number one at 79%. All right, so Neville... I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just put them in an order and you'll tell me if I'm right. Okay. Tell me tell me if anybody's in the right spot. So Neville, Cena, Taker, Michaels, Bryan. That is the correct order. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, ne- he, he even said, like, he thought you'd know Neville was number one right away because that would have been the one to quote-unquote stump you. <laughs> so you guessed everyone before Neville. I kind of thought you were going to go Neville first just because it was the weird one. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that because of the less matches, so that didn't really cross my mind at all. Yeah. So. That was my mistake. And then a lot of times, a lot of these stats, and especially according to the internet, mm-hmm. they, they include live events sometimes. I'm like, where the hell do you get these stats from? <laughs> yeah, the Internet Wrestling Database. Well, it was a, a resource I used a lot when I was writing for TJR Wrestling. Haven't looked at it in a couple years, but that, that was the source of his statistics. Uh, any other thoughts before I close this out? Yeah, did you catch ten pounds of gold? I have not seen it yet. No, I'll probably watch it sometime tomorrow. It it, it was amazing. It it really was. Because um, the NWA 70th anniversary show is this sun is this Sunday, I believe, and they were basically going over the, the match from All In and talking about everything that went. All Alice was talking about everything that that went wrong in that match that he should have won because of the fact that. To no surprise, Earl Hebner's shady officiating and bad mm-hmm. officiating. <laughs> how Kobe should have, uh, how Cody should have been counted out during the um, spot where he was busted open, I believe, on the outside, and Earl didn't count. And the whole Brandy getting involved, taking the elbow mm-hmm. from Aldis, and it was that whole episode was kind of built around those two things and how Aldis is going to basically get his title back and. Cody was just running down. Cody had an excellent promo inside 2300 Arena. On this was the one just over the weekend. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was. It wasn't in the ring. It was outside. It was outside the. Um, it was in the arena, but outside the, right. outside from the ring area. But yeah, it it was a really good promo. And then he actually, and then Aldis actually teased that he has an insurance policy for Brandy <laughs> for Brandy if she gets involved. And Brandy was just saying that. She didn't really want to get involved. It's the fact that Cody just looked so out of it that she was checking on her husband and she wanted to make sure he was okay. So he's going to have someone at his side. Yeah, and, and, and they, they showed like her thigh. She had a dress on. They showed her leg in the video. You, so you can kind of try to guess who it was. They didn't show her face, so that's like a nice cliffhanger mm-hmm. for the match that's two out of three falls this Sunday. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. yeah, I'll make it a point to see it before we record, and I'm assuming I will be able to see the, the following episode before we record next Wednesday. Yeah, it, it, was, it was really good. It, I really did enjoy it. I think I, like, I love to focus on think, uh, the reasons that Elvis didn't win the match at all and, and, and how he really has a point of how he kind of got screwed and it was shitty officiating. And he, he also talked about, talked about how Cody had home field advantage because that crowd was – him and Cody talks about how 
at NWA 70 is kind of neutral territory because it's not all about Cody and, and at All In was all about Cody. Yeah. Well, I look forward to it. I look forward to watching this past week's episode. I look forward to seeing the match. Obviously, it will be excellent. Um, so, yeah, we can talk about We'll make sure to talk about it next week. Um, you think Cody is going to retain or, or Aldis regains? I think Aldis regains it. Cody retains. Yeah. You think so? I uh, see. I well, you know what? I see. Does Cody want to keep traveling with them? I guess that's what it what it comes Cause, down to. <laughs> yeah, because because Cody he's a triple champion right now, and or maybe not traveling with them, but does he want to keep I know doing this? <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. Because after all, and I talked about the fact of uh, Cody being what the belt needed right now, because he's the biggest thing in wrestling right now, and that can actually do a lot for the belt, depending on. And it really didn't really mean much of how long he kept it because he's the biggest name and he could do so much with it and, and bring like relevance and more eyes to, to the brand as a whole. But at the 70th anniversary show, that's where we got built up. They're resurrecting titles. Uh, um, the women's title is going to been resurrected. Jazz is going to face Penelope Ford. I did I believe, see that. I believe, the na- I believe it's called the national title. There's a two, there's a two fatal four ways, and the winners will meet. Winners of those matches will meet to, ter- to determine a champion. Willie Max in one man, four way, Scorpio Sky in another. So Cody actually being champion and headline this NWA 7th anniversary event is a big deal because I actually brought more eyes to the product product for this show. Yeah, uh, I love what they do. Like I don't keep up on it as much as I should, but I think it's an excellent series. I love what they're they've done with it. Obviously, it got to its its own you know pun intended crown jewel at All In, <laughs> but I, I like what they're doing, and I hope they get to continue doing it for a long time. Um, my computer's about to die, so let me close this out before we get cut off. Um, Joel Embiid, come and sit down and trust the process with us on Matt Madness. Um, LeBron James, the throne is still waiting. Uh, listen to Falls Count Anywhere. Listen to The Perfect Edge. Listen to Throwback Madness and Unsanctioned. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Five-star ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated. Uh, Alo merch. Yes. What a maneuver.net to embrace the madness. Fellas, I know cuffing season's here, so mm-hmm. get, the, get those onesies because you will mess up. <laughs> they will. Um, so for Mr. Sexy Punta Cana then now forever CK and Joe Rottermill sexy is as sexy does (laughs) for Mr. Wednesday Night Live we call him Alo the ladies call him Balo Aaron Lloyd I am Ron Pashery and we will see you next week Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.